You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. I just want to smack people sometimes. <laughs> so do I. And I think that's how we're going to start Geeky Show ever uh, this week, people. We just want to smack somebody. Um, uh, it's Okay, and we're down to two or hosts something. again. Or something, yes. Uh, we're down to two hosts because uh, Elisa is fighting off... Uh, uh, you know, some uh, nefarious bugs out there, coughing, hacking, and she, I think she's trying to figure out some way to get this to count as a, uh, you know, uh, uh, exercise credit on her Apple <laughs> Watch. Every uh, time she coughs, she gets a step. Yeah. Well, if she coughs hard enough, she should get 10 steps, but, uh, right. you know. So, so we're going to do our best to try to kill her so that she can get better faster because we're just those kinds of friends. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make her just uh, cough it right out. Those lungs are gonna be flopping around this on the floor. Payback's a bitch, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a candy coated bitch. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, I've been there, done that. <laughs> okay, um, and I think you know part of it. Uh, okay, well, Melissa's not gonna be able to relate to this because she's got what? What is it? What's the weather there? Seventy degrees or? It's been freaking cold here lately. Thank you very much. I've oh. had some weather. We've had some rain. Please tell me what cold is. Okay, let me see. So cold for us is like fifty six. Burr. Oh God. <laughs> Do you know I would pro- I probably try would- me a river. Yeah, I would. Well, the river would freeze. That's the problem. Um, I would probably actually kill for fifty degrees. Of course, it's pro- going to be down to forty nine tomorrow and rainy. It's going to suck. Oh boo hoo. Uh, because uh, right now, uh, I should have got my app up here earlier, but I think it's probably only in the single digits, maybe the teens somewhere, or low teens. Downright balmy for you? Uh, yeah, uh, I think last Thursday was the warmest day we've had so far this month. It was all the way up to 22. Um, and it's, it's been snowing, and I'm just afraid. Oh, it's 11 degrees. I had finally had to go to Apple Weather to get what I was looking for. Uh, and it looks like um, the high this week may be 23 next Saturday, supposedly. Otherwise, single digits, low teens. Um, we've had snow, and I'm just afraid that if it was to suddenly jump up to 40 or 50 degrees, we'd have a flood because we got snow drifts yeah, in our yard. Yeah, it melts, about, and then it would refreeze, and that would be nasty. Oh, yeah. I, that's, see, that's what I always hated about when we were living on the farm was the January or February thaw, which we haven't had yet. But it would thaw, and the stuff would melt, and the uh, yard would get soft, and you're driving through it with the tractor. And yes, and then I'm trying to smooth it out, but I can't. So I end up with these tire ruts that freeze for the next month, month and a half. So then you're bouncing over these things as you're driving out of the yard. Um, it always drove me crazy because, like I say, you always had to argue with these ruts no matter what you did. Um, so, um, yeah, we've got probably about two feet of snow in our yard, something like that. We're running out of places around town to pile it. They keep pushing it up around the school there. And on the south side of the school, uh, it's just about up to the roof. It's a single-story um, school, and it's probably, what, about 15 feet to the roof, I suppose. And it's just about drifted up to that point. Uh, the windows on the south side of the building are all covered up, so uh, they're just looking at this kind of uh, gauzy you know, window there with all you can see is just a little light filtering through the snow. So, yeah, we're pretty nice. much uh, sick and tired of this shit. Uh, Did you see the massive pileup? There was a, a crash with 40. I just read it. I didn't know how many it was. I saw uh, on Twitter there was somebody was retweeting the video, and there's all this discussion. And it ended up being 47 cars on a 
pileup on a, um, what was it, I-70. Yeah, I think I-70 I, near Kansas City in Missouri. I think I didn't know where it was, but I think I saw the video because these people were in a truck. And this yeah. woman just was trying to get out. And I think her partner was saying, no, just stay yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're safe. I probably, I, I probably would have freaked out and be like, "Get me the hell out of here! Get me the hell out of here!" But you know, he was right. Everybody's saying yeah. you're basically in a tank. You better just stay put where you are. Yeah, because they were slipping and sliding, and it was looking nasty. Uh, well, and even uh, uh, my daughter had a fender bender. She lives down in Sioux City, and the road was a little slick, and uh, it was some black ice, and she didn't realize it. And the car in front of her. Uh, put on its brakes suddenly. She didn't hit it, but she, you know, put on hers to slow down and lost control and kind of banged into the wall there. So, um, you know, it's not a new vehicle, but still she was kind of sad to see that uh -huh. get banged up and they had to find something different. Did uh, they total it then? Did her airbags go off? Her her airbags went off, so yeah, I think uh, they totaled. Yeah. And I that think it was like totaled. Yeah, so it was like a ninety late nineties Jeep or something like that. So. Aww. Yeah, she likes her Jeep, but uh, now they got a uh, Volvo. I think it's all-wheel mm -hmm. drive car. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. We'll have to get down there at some point to see it. But it looked like it was a pretty good, you know, car. It's a little newer, a 2004, I think she said. But you know, that kind of crap happens. And I mean, I, I can't believe how fast people were driving, though. I mean, a lot oh. of people were saying, "Oh, they weren't driving that fast. They did. They just slid." But I think that's bullshit. I think people were driving too fast. Well, yeah. I mean, and, it was just amazing how much they were slamming into each other. And I, and I don't mean to be crass or anything, but the first time I saw it, I was like, what the hell is this? A bird box challenge? Are people driving blindfolded? Because it just seemed like they were like on a, like a, like a death mission or something. They're just crashing right into each other. Why well, would, but I, I mean, I know what that's like. I lived out East and yeah, I, right. black ice is just, that's a bad oh, yeah. word. That just, Oh, that just terrified me. I, been in so many situations like that and i realize you know people got to get to work and you got to go i mean everybody says oh well you just shouldn't be driving on the roads then well there's a lot of people that have to get out there right. and they but, had their reasons for being on the road we just did it not long ago people were following our travels down from the grand canyon and people were fishtailing in front of us but i mean we were going extremely slow right i mean we were going like 14 miles an hour yeah and that was fast and for, for what and I will be that crass because there are some people out here who are idiots and they think, and they should know better because they live in South Dakota, but they think, well, I got a four wheel drive. Well, when you have mm -hmm. four wheels sliding, it doesn't matter how many are driving, uh, you're still well, going to slide out of control. Not only that, but there's there's people who have such hubris and think they can drive really well in the snow and they their egos get the better of them or the people who maybe are equipped to drive in the snow and they think that, oh, well, they can go that much faster than everybody else. So then they pass and I've had this happen to me too, where they'll pass you and their drift causes you to spin out of control. It's like, thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot, you know? <laughs> Because right. you can drive that doesn't mean you you should. Right. Yeah, that was really frustrating to see. So I don't know. I'm glad it got shared because I think more people need to watch that. That needs to be part of your driver test. Like that needs to be shown to all kids that are learning how to drive. Like, do not do this. Do not go out if you don't absolutely have to, and it's not an emergency. And if you are going to go out, go a lot, a lot slower. I mean, for crying out loud, it's just think, think. Well, yeah, there's the uh, issue right there is this whole thinking thing. Um, they just don't quite get it sometimes. But uh, Well, I'll dovetail nicely into the topic that I picked if you want to transition oh, to Oh, sure. Okay, so uh, 
Uh, yeah, now you look see what subject did you? Pick? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you mean about uh, getting? Well, okay, you make the transition because I just screwed it up. <laughs> nice Imagine try. It. Nice <laughs> try. <laughs> yeah, because I just couldn't quite. Uh, I mean, I, I got. I see your topic there. So, uh, but why well, don't you try it? So. I'm going to call this rant digital citizenry gone down the tubes. It's when people want the tech to do their thinking for them and why this is a bad idea. <laughs> so there's there's been experiences that I've had recently and experiences that I've read or heard other people talking about recently that just that's why I started out the show. I want to want to smack people sometimes <laughs> when they just don't think, you know, and a lot of it, I mean, I have to be kind because, you know, some of it relates to some of my clients. Some of it's just like people who should know better. But it just seems like people will get devices and they don't want to have to think about it. They don't want to have to think about how the use of it is going to impact their life or the lives of people around them. And and they don't bother to try to learn about the devices. They just want the devices to do the thinking for them. Case in point, so what, what made me think about this was, uh, this was an article that came out yesterday from a source that I hadn't seen before. I guess it's a, about video games or something. It's called uh, Kotaku, and I'm sorry if I butchered that. Uh, but the name of the article is Pokemon Go Lawsuit Settlement Might Lead to Some Pokestops and Gyms Being Removed. And uh, it was funny. I, I read this a little bit of this to my son, Keegan, who likes he loves to play Pokemon Go. Um, the other, my older son has kind of grown out of it. He doesn't have as much interest in it anymore, but the little guy really still loves to go to Pokestops and stuff. And, you know, when this first came out, I don't know, have you ever played Pokemon Go? No, I, I, I've kind of heard about it. So if I understand it correctly, it's a geo, uh, location game. You go certain mm -hmm. places and, uh, when you get to those places, you can capture these Pokemons for, for points or something like that. Do I have it basically right? Basically, yeah. It's geolocation. There, there's all these little characters that you collect and it's based off of the cartoon Pokemon. So my boys love to watch the Pokemon cartoon and it's interesting. The, the, the phenomenon itself, I think is very interesting. And I was one of those parents who I always, I always look at technology when people complain about it. I try to take it with a grain of salt. I try to take it with a, a healthy dose of skepticism and people like to demonize it and make it sound like it's so evil. And I have to say there's, you know, there's a bit of a balance here. Yes, there are kids, there are people walking around like zombies as it's quoted in this article. And that's, that's my complaint is that there are kids, older kids and adults that should know better that are using this game and they're wandering into people's yards and they're, they're going into parks and they're you know not following rules all because they're on these quests to try to get these little characters to collect these, these points. Um, and again, like the characters are based on this um, what's called a Pokedex. Um, again, the, the game itself is an interesting phenomenon. It was um, developed. I want to say, and I'll probably get this wrong because I'm just going based off of what my kids have told me and what little bit I've, I've read about it and learned about it. But I think it was like a, a uh, Japanese designer or something that uh, it was based kind of to describe it. It's kind of based on like uh, I'll say entomology. I think that's like the study of insects where you have all these different insects and you study all of their different traits. And I mean, there's scientists out there that, that have labs and study all this biology and try to learn about all of these different animals and insects and, you know, all these different um their features and what makes them unique and in their place in the food chain. Well, Pokemon is kind of sort of designed around that sort of where the, you have these little characters and they each have their own battle features. You know, this is a water 
type of animal. This is an air animal. This is a land animal. And they all have these different unique features about them that make them capable more so than others and worth more points depending on, on what they are. And so it's, you know, it's a collector's thing. It's like probably I'm going to assume that when you were younger, it was probably baseball cards that you right. collected. Yeah. Right. So, you, so you, if you think about your baseball cards, what was special about those baseball cards? Why were some of them worth more than others? Why did some of them get traded and some of them you, you held on to? They have kind of like a value system assigned to them by your social group, I guess you could say. It's some kind of peer grooming, if you will. And uh, same is true of Pokemon cards. So they have that going for them. So the kids trade them like baseball cards. Well, along came Pokemon Go and kind of digitized that in a way, like you said, with this geolocation. And so it kind of took the collection of baseball cards or the collection of character cards into a digital geolocation realm where then people were going around physically going and walking and driving and biking and skateboarding to all these different locations to try to collect these characters for points and you're playing with friends and all that kind of stuff. And it's got a lot of redeeming value. It's got a lot of good features about it. It did really get people out and about. It got people like up off their butts and walking around. The problem it didn't solve is like they're still glued to a screen. People are, you know, kids and and people are still their faces are buried in their screen looking at stuff. And so it it's something where they're just, they're so zoomed into it. They're so, they're so, uh, I don't know. I, w- I don't want to use the word addiction. I don't want to say that, but they're, they're so hyper-focused on what they're doing on the screen and watching the little map and trying to catch these little characters that they're not paying attention to their surroundings around them. And then I'll say it, idiots were starting to go and they were driving while they were using Pokemon Go. And it's bad enough people text while they're driving. Then this added to it and stupid people were were using Pokemon Go while they're driving in a car. So Ninantic is the company who develops the, the game. And when that started happening, of course, you know, people were all in an uproar and they started adding things into the app that would say something like, you know, be careful and, you know, be alert of your surroundings. It'll, it would actually, uh, flash up a button that you had to bypass where if it detected, it used the accelerometer in your in your device to detect whether or not you were in a moving car. And so if it detected if you were moving fast enough to be in a car, it would say, are you driving? You know, please, you know, put down your device or something like that. Of course, you know, people could just click it, but it was still that 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 screen that would come up that would interrupt that thought process, that that kind of uh, instant gratification and say, well, well, now you got to think about this. And so Whenever we'd hand the phone off to our kids in the in the back, you know, they'd play it while we're driving, but they would be passengers, so they could tap the button that says "No, I'm a passenger," and so then they could play it. Um, so it's just interesting to me that we have such a cultural phenomenon where you've got people playing a game that is highly addictive, meaning that you know people are playing it and and really enjoying it, and it's grown and it's kind of spawned into what it is, what it's become. And so popular that people are kind of like letting go of or just not using their common sense skills to (laughs) to apply when it comes to playing this game. And so, you know, people are letting their kids just play it without really thinking about the ramifications of it. And so what was happening is in addition to people using it while they're driving, um, people were going on private property trying to catch these little characters and they were going on public properties, but like after hours, like say for parks that were closed, they were still showing up at parks and all these different places and like running into things and not watching where they were going. And so there was a lawsuit that was, that was started. And so that was, that's what this article is about. And I have a link to it that we'll put in the show notes, but 
It basically says uh, Pokemon Go creator Niantic is looking to end a lawsuit that was first started back in 2016 during the height of Pokemon Go's popularity. The suit was filed by numerous homeowners who believed the company had caused players to trespass on their property to catch Pokemon or activate Pokestops. So a bunch of these people were complaining, saying, you know, we, we live here and we don't want these people wandering into our yards. And so uh, to settle, these people that have uh, participated in this, I guess it doesn't say, I'm assuming maybe it might be like a class action lawsuit or, or something. They're trying to settle. And so what they're going to do to appease the people's complaints is Niantic has to build these these things, these, um, I guess, new settings into the app. And so, like, let's say if there's something... There's two things. There's either a Pokestop where you can collect little items or there's a gym where you can have battles. And the gyms are usually at public places like actual gyms and churches and YMCAs and places like that. And Pokestops are really interesting to me as a parent because uh, the Pokestops around are at little places like maybe sightseeing places. And so the redeeming quality of this game and why I let my my kids play with it and, and we try to be really responsible about it is the fact that there are little places that we wouldn't even know existed unless we went looking for them in this game uh, or little features about things. Like there was this one little park where there was a pokey stop and it had this sundial that I didn't even know was there. And it's when you go to tap on it and you go to, to collect your little fruits or whatever they are, it'll tell you sometimes a little bit about that landmark. And so I learned a few things about my local area that I didn't know before. So it's kind of, it can be used for good instead of evil. And kids can learn stuff from it if you kind of actively try to point that out. So um, one of the things that they have to do as a part of this um, this uh, settlement is they have to build something into it where if uh, if somebody complains that they that there's a Pokestop or a gym, close to their business or say their their property, their personal property, that they can complain about it and Niantic has to uh, resolve it within 15 days. Uh, if you are an owner of a single family residential property, so if it's your house and like, let's say, for example, let's say you live somewhere, like I live kind of in a suburban area, let's say for whatever reason, there were little pokey stops nearby or like the little animals, the little characters were nearby. And that has happened. But let's say that they were so... Um, they were so regular that the people were constantly coming and congregating near the front of my house. And it was always set my dog off and, you know, people would come there like all hours of the night. I'm just making this up. But like, let's say that's an example. If you're a homeowner, you can complain and you can get it removed if it's within 40 meters of your property. So basically like, you know, get people the hell off your lawn, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and then they, Niantic has to maintain a database of the complaints uh, in an attempt to avoid poor placement of the virtual creatures they have to, when when the system detects a raid of more than 10 players congregating, there's going to be a warning message that has to appear on the screens, reminding them to be courteous and respectful of surroundings. That's the one there. That, that bullet point right there is what got me thinking about how, oh, my God, like people have to have a message showing up on their screen that they're so, you know, engorged in that, that tells them, you know, you probably should use your moral skills right now. Like, take a look at where you are. Are you supposed to be there? Are you allowed to be there? You know, think. <laughs> but instead, they have to have this, you know, put in front of their face so that it'll stop them. And I just, I just, that just well, makes me think of so many other things. See, that this just kind of reinforces my belief that certain people need to have remote-controlled shock collars put on them just uh -huh. to <laughs> remind them to, uh, you know, in other words, you need to don't be stupid button. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
because they're just, yeah, and like I say, some of this should be common sense, and I understand you can get lost in the moment, but still, you need to, I mean, you're out in public here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's potentially dangerous. Like I said, I've never done this. Hopefully, they put these things away from traffic, but still, if you have somebody wandering around so engrossed in their phone that they wander out in front of an 18-wheeler, I don't know if anything like that has happened. I would hope that they would take certain precautions. I see they, uh, you know, I'm assuming they're using Google well, Maps. Well, that's what they're doing now, right. so yeah, that's right. part of it. They're going to use Google Maps to review the services so that they're not placing the little collectors things in in places where they shouldn't be or like like they were saying about parks respecting their hours so it, they're gonna have to do some it, it's just interesting the implications of what this one app or this one game has caused or or people have caused because of the way that they've used the game and maybe there was no way that the game designers could foresee just how stupid people would be with it <laughs> or the kinds of problems that they would create. But it's it's interesting the kinds of technology that are going to be developed as a result of like of this. Like, for example, geofencing is going to be something. I mean, we have that. But, but to this degree, they're going to actually have to really look at mapping services to make sure that they're not placing things in certain areas where they shouldn't be so that, yeah, kids aren't walking into traffic or whatever. And also, they're going to have to look at the hours. Like, for example, they're going to have to know, they're going to have to keep some kind of large database. So let's say, for example, if you're looking at the topology of all these these places where you're going to place these characters, you need to have a database of parks, of public parks, all around the country Right. And then you're going to have to know the hours for those parks and (laughs) good luck trying to figure out, you know, uh, daylight savings time and like time that doesn't change in Arizona and stuff like that. Because can you imagine the the undertaking? It's going to be involved in trying to program the app so that when people are using it, if that particular park, say, is closed, then the app is going to have to use, I guess, some kind of artificial intelligence built into it to know, okay, you're at this location and it looks like you're near this park. Well, let's go check the database. Okay, this park is closed. So this, you know, if this, then that, then that means that these little characters can't be shown. So it'll keep people out of the parks. Because I can tell you, we have driven around and there have been instances like, let's say one of my sons had an after school activity and it was in the evening, but the other son didn't. So like my husband will like say, if he picked him up just to kind of entertain him, if, if he's had good behavior and he's gotten his homework done, th- those sorts of things, we'll, we'll, re- we'll reward him with, uh, you know, a little pokey stop adventure. So they'll go driving around and it's, it's actually pretty cute. I've done it with Keegan. Like he'll, he'll be in the backseat. Talk about being a backseat driver. <laughs> this may or may not be a good thing that I'm doing, but uh, you know, he'll tell me like, okay, turn right. Or, you know, go up here and it's over here and he'll like direct me where to go. And so a lot of times it's these, you know, public places, but there have been a few occasions where I've taken him out or my husband's taken him out and it's been, it's gotten dark, you know, early in the evening and we're out at the park and the park isn't really open but there are people in their cars congregating around in the parking lot. And it's like you would think that, what are they doing? Is it like a drug deal? Like, what's <laughs> going on? But you can see the other people in the car and you can see the, the screen glowing in front of their face and you know what they're doing. They're collecting Pokemon. So well, and I can <laughs> so see, this see be- these cars kind of congregating after dark in this in this public park and, and they're out there collecting Pokemon. So, you know, that's probably going to change in the future. You won't have well, everybody. And I there. could 
I can see this being a uh, a nightmare for police because, like you say, is this yeah. a drug deal or is this Pokemon? Um, right. And for uh, yeah, like you say, property owners uh, and um, businesses. Yeah, and you know when I when I first heard about this game because it uses uh, augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, to do this and stuff. it's really fun. It's I've I've played with it. I, I when I went to Chicago, I played with it. In fact, it was it was kind of cute. I had it installed on my phone, and we were using the same account login as on my husband's phone because our kids' phones at the time weren't capable of handling it. So it was one of those things where we we found all the redeeming qualities about it as parents. It, it kept us close to the kids. Like the the kids had to literally like stay near us, and you know, because my little one, he's too little to have, you know, he's he's too little to to use it by himself. And so as my as a parent, that's my responsibility to like guide him and, you know, walk with him and make sure that he's he's not going to run into stuff or something because he's really engrossed in the game. And I understand that. But you've got to mitigate the damage that that's going to cause. And he still wants to play it. And uh, we used it for for positive reinforcement. You know, it's like a parenting tool, like, okay, you know, this is your reward. If you really want to play this game, that you've got to do these chores and that sort of thing. So we had fun with it. But. I was logged into it when I was walking around Chicago and I was collecting the Pokemon for my kids. Like I was hatching eggs and stuff like that. It was just a fun way for me to be able to interact with my kids when I was out traveling and it was a good bonding experience, you know, but uh, I, I got to use the the augmented reality portion of it. And it was really, really cool. Like you could like uh, be looking at something with the camera and you're throwing like a Pokeball at it and it looks like you're, like in that space and it's, it's really fun, but I can definitely see how I was nervous even just when I was using it. And I had a hard time trying to make sure that where I was walking, that I wasn't going to bump into somebody. And it's, it takes a lot of effort to really be able to pay attention to your surroundings. So I can see how this stuff is happening, but it doesn't, it doesn't negate the fact that people aren't actually trying to not walk into things. You know? Well, I'm almost tempted to download it to see if we got, you know, if they put anything out here in in Hicksville. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that just, would be just, interesting. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you know, uh, I, there, I, there may be kids. I've never heard the kids in school. Well, of course, the kids. Yeah, uh, it's junior high and high school. They may be. Yeah, I was a gonna say, I think they're a little bit old for playing yeah. this. But then again, I know a lot of adults that that play it and and they have fun with it. And that's right. just it. I mean, it's another redeeming quality of this that is positive. Is it is fun for all ages. It is, you know, you're not seeing violence and you're not seeing sex and you're not seeing all these inappropriate things. It's just a good kind of wholesome, fun game for all ages of people to play. And it's it just kind of makes you feel like a, a kid again, and I giggle playing with it. I had a great time when it first came out, and you know people were oh poo pooing it like oh you know oh you're gonna walk into something. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see how that would happen, but I'm gonna be you know careful about it. So yeah, I think you should at least try it and just see what's what's out there. But I have a feeling there I would be pleasantly surprised if there were any out there for you to actually try to catch. So you'll have to report back on that. But okay. I. I won't be surprised if, if it turns out that there's just nothing out there and it's like a barren wasteland because I know a lot of people in certain areas have complained that, oh, I want to play the game and I want to see what's all what's so great about it, but then there's no Pokemon for them to catch. So there is definitely population and yeah. uh, area and, and geography to take we, into account. We live out here in flyover country, so I might just do it to see how disappointed I would end up being. I don't know. <laughs> I'll I'll just have to try it as an experiment. Right. Maybe, but maybe not right now. I'm gonna wait for the weather to warm up because they're probably buried under snow. And I'll be damned if I'm gonna <laughs> dig them out to get to them. 
So no, no, they don't get buried. <laughs> They're yeah, virtual, no, so they'll, I, they'll just pop no, up anywhere. No, and I live in the desert, and it's pretty populated what, out here. What what we, what what we need to do is put me in charge of this database, and then I will <laughs> uh, put these things under where I want the snow shoveled, and then oh, they can dig them up. See, I'm an evil genius. Uh, yes, so I'll and then, bury and then them. People have to use their snow blowers to catch them. <laughs> yes, basically, and I'll even like sell it. them a mount to put on their snowblower. There we go. I like it. Yeah, it's, see now you're thinking. So see, that's that's what I do with the game. Whenever whenever there's something out there like that, I like to try to stick it to the man a little bit and try to figure out like, okay, what is so terrible about this, and can I try to flip it somehow? Can I try to flip the script and 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 take a bad thing and make it good? And that's what I try to do with this game. So while I do see a lot of redeeming qualities, I am disappointed to know that that this has happened. That people have wandered on properties and and caused all these problems for people and that that now it's a good and a bad thing it's it's a bad that, that it happened but it's kind of if you look at the silver lining i wonder what's going to come of this that the technologies that they're going to develop because they have to comply with the lawsuit are going to be technologies that are going to help other systems in some other way i mean just the fact of thinking about geolocation and the timing and databases and Location, location, location. It's just, I think it's just fascinating to think about all of the parameters and all of the things that, that may come from this. Uh, so it's not all terrible, but I just I just wish people would think. <laughs> I just wish uh, people would think about their actions and, and think about how they're using the tech and and don't be, you know, don't be complaining when it doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out. Or I ran into a lot of time where, where people will, something will happen to them with their device and they'll be very upset about it. And they'll be upset because, I mean, the the end result is because they didn't read the manual. Or they will, well, I wish they came with a manual. Well, they kind of did. I mean, there were some instructions about the hardware because they keep asking me what the buttons do. There, there's instructions in there in the box. You know, you you could have learned what what the buttons do. And then there's also, you know, in the bookstore, there's there's guides that you can download and they're updated frequently. There's tons of websites that you can look up. Part of the problem is they, they just don't understand the vernacular enough and they don't know how to ask the question. And it's so interesting. I, I find it fascinating. It's so interesting in my line of work, the, the way that people will ask for help and the way that I have to interpret that, oh, you mean this and then oh okay now i know what you meant and now we can try to find the answer and that's ultimately why they get stuck is they don't know how to ask for help and that's unfortunate so it just makes me wonder you know are these devices and these technologies and these user experiences are they getting easier or are they getting more complex because it seems to me like it used to be oh we're going to make this so easy that you know i hate i hate the phrase it's so easy your mom can do it like uh, i just I'm a mom and I could do a lot more complicated things and it frustrates me when, when people think that, but it's, you know, yeah, it's so easy, you know, fill in the blank could do it. Um, I just have to wonder if they're getting so much more complex with so many toggles, which is remember when we had that conversation about um, when you got your Apple watch and we were digging through all the settings and it was like, Holy crap, there's just so many different places where you can go to drill down to, to turn settings on or off, depending on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. But you still have to look at that stuff. You still have to evaluate. You still have to research it. If there's a new, you know, let's say there was an update that came out, why don't you read the details on what was updated and find out if there's something new that you need to know about? I just think people take it for granted and they just they just update it and they just think they can just use it without having to really learn. 
it's like, oh, you just gave me the keys to a car. I'm going to get in it now. And well, I've been driven around everywhere and I've watched other people drive. So I should just know how to drive, right? I should just be able to get behind the wheel and and what does this thing do? Okay, well, it makes a blinky light. I don't know where it goes, but I've seen people use it before. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's. I think that, that these devices nowadays are equivalent to cars and equivalent, like when you're a parent and you're giving your kids these devices, I really think that you have to stop and think about the responsibilities of it. And you can't just go handing them a set of car keys without knowing that they've been trained and that they're responsible and you know, God forbid, have insurance and have to pay for it all. And, you know, there's so much to learn about it. I mean, your daughter went through an, an instance with a, a fender bender. And now, you know, she's a grown adult and has to deal with all that kind of stuff. And but she learned how to drive a car. You know, she knew what the risks were when she went out. And unfortunately, this happens. But it's not like she didn't get lessons on it beforehand. Right. You know, and I and I think devices are becoming like or if they're not already like cars, kids need to have lessons on them. Same as as adults, grown adults need to learn how to use them. I mean, we're geeks and we geek out about it. And there's a difference. Like we really de- dive deep into stuff and we geek out about things. But there's there's also that middle ground where you're a device owner. I really think that there's some digital citizenship that needs to happen and some personal responsibility that you need to learn how to use these things. You can't just expect that you can just press buttons and they're going to do what it is that you want to do and that you don't have to maintain them somehow. I think people are just under this misconception that it'll just take care of itself. It's a computer. It's supposed to make our lives so so much easier, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I wished. Um, yeah, and you know, and I've seen that a little bit too, where you know you've had to sit down and explain things to people. No, you just can't, you know, do this. And it kind of reminds me of, and at this point, it's a very old joke, but uh, it's like the guy who. Uh, and you can't always assume about things either. So, uh, so, uh, the joke goes, this guy bought himself a brand-new motorhome, and he's cruising down the highway, and then he decides, well, I'm going to put this in cruise control and then go uh, uh, back and use the bathroom because <laughs> because he thinks that, you know, it's it's like autopilot. Yeah. No, it's not. It's yeah. no cruise control. And, uh, you know, people have the same misconception. That, that uh, is. That's the same mentality, really. Yeah. You, you've got to – don't assume that you know what it does. Kind of check it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, you got you got to – with anything, you have to know what you're doing and pay attention and learn a little bit about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I will jump into things, but not where I put anybody's life in danger. I mean, I'll jump in playing a video game and, oh, I'll put it on the hardest setting, and then I get my butt whipped, and I go, well, okay, maybe I better, you know, tone it down here a bit, super stud, and um, <laughs> take take it easy and, um, you know, just, uh, yeah, so we all have this case of hubris where we think we know what we're doing, but... Um, yeah, we just need to kind of back off every once in a while, and and same way with our kids. Just there's nothing wrong with teaching them to be bold, but try not to be stupid about mm-hmm. it. But uh, bold and stupid—that's a really bad combination. Uh, you may just describe me some days, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, the the other topic we had, and it's it's sort of a general one here, and it's not exactly like the uh, TV uh, episodes we had last week. These are just movies either mm-hmm. there's some that i want to see melissa's kind of put down some of her favorite movies these uh there's some that i'm kind of um anticipating uh waiting for and the first one up that comes out in what two weeks three weeks uh uh math hard uh probably about three weeks uh 
and that's Captain Marvel. Uh, I'm, I'm into the, the comic book movies because um, I grew up. All of them or just a certain, are, are you a DC or a Marvel I will, I'm, I I can go either way. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, because I grew up. Uh, reading comic books, uh, and I again, I didn't have any. You know, at that point, I didn't understand the, or think about the difference between Marvel and DC. They were just comic books, um, and so, and you know, the, for me, the thing was, we had a, a drugstore here in town, so he would take his outdated um, uh, comic books, rip the cover off them, I and he'd sell them to you for ten cents. Well, hell, hmm. I, was, I was all over that, like uh, you know, flies on mm-hmm. crap. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched, and you know, I looked at a lot of them, and I read, you know, the the Batman and the Superman stuff, which I now you know have learned that, that that's DC, and then you got Captain America and Iron Man and all those. That's Marvel, but yeah, I grew up uh, uh, reading a lot of those books, so yeah, I'm kind of into the um, the comic book movies. Uh, or you know, and or science fiction movies. There's some overlap there with them, but mm-hmm. you know the superhero. So I think I, I've got to go through. I should make a checklist. I think I've seen just about all of the Marvel movies. I know I haven't seen Ant Man. I haven't seen Black Panther. No, I've seen Ant Man, but I haven't seen Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, I haven't seen Black Panther. I think there's a couple others I haven't seen yet. Um, and now Captain Marvel is coming out uh, in March, and then in April, um, the uh, Avengers Endgame, which is part two of their Infinity War movie, which kind of explains how half the population of the Earth has died. While well, they're going to try and explain how they're going to do the, uh, how they're going to fix this, or you know how they're going to move forward from here and which superheroes die which superheroes live which ones come back so you know everyone's speculating now and i've been and i'm not one of those people that's a purist it's not like i skip the spoilers you know it's not like i walk around with my fingers in my ear la 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 no spoilers i mean i look at some of these but um for right now since it's getting so close i've just been kind of avoiding some of those just to not spoil the the plot of the movie too much but um so like I say, I'm I'm kind of anticipating those two, and I don't remember Captain Marvel a lot growing up. I think I had a couple of the comic books, and back then it was a guy. Now it's a girl. Um, yeah, see, that's where I get confused, and I think that happened with Thor too, didn't it? Uh, not Thor. Um, didn't one of the other characters change genders? Um, I'm trying to think now. Um. I know there's it didn't change gender. There was a lot of uh, and this is the uh, the DC side now. You know about Wonder Woman, uh, about her being a girl or you know, a female superhero. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, there may have been one other uh, superhero that changed gender, but it's not coming to my mind right now. Um, maybe. Um, I guess I'm looking at the list of characters because I guess I mean. I've seen some of these already, so I know, like I said before, I mean, my, my husband and my kids are really into this, so I just kind of follow suit and just, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll watch the Hot Men and Tights. I really enjoyed all the Iron Mans. I really dig Tony Stark. I think he's he's one of my favorite characters, I have to say. Well, um, I don't know. Spider-Man, I could take or leave and, uh, eh. Well, you see, I mean, I've liked those movies, but they're not really my favorite. Well, see, Spider-Man holds kind of a special place for me because um, when we were talking last week about you know TV shows, and I said that uh, when my brother would come home, uh, we would from college, and I was like about five years old or thereabouts, we'd sit down and watch Star Trek. Well, the other thing that we would do when he would come home, he'd bring his Spider-Man books home. So that was probably Aww. my first, you know. Um, 
uh, exposure to the uh, superhero uh, comic book um, uh, genre, Spider-Man. So, you know, that one's always been kind of uh, special for me. But um, And, you know, there's just something about, it, and it kind of feeds into my psyche. I guess there's days I would like to be the, the superhero that rides in the save the day. And so, you know, you read those kind of books when you're younger. It, you know, it, it influences you. I mean, um, I've always been about, you know, fairness and justice for all and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm sure a lot of that came from, you know, reading comic books. Also <gasps> from growing there's up. There's a Lady Deadpool. Parents. There is. I'm looking at a list. <laughs> I'm looking at one of the lists. I just got excited because I've seen Deadpool. And which one is Deadpool? Is he is he DC or is he Marvel? He, he's Marvel. See, the fr- thing is, the Marvel universe, uh, and I'm not a complete expert on it, but I do know some things. The Marvel universe is kind of fractured because at one point yeah. before the movies came out, Marvel almost went bankrupt, the comic, uh, the the marvel enterprise um and so they kind of sold off some stuff so i think if i remember right sony got the rights to i think spider-man and the uh fantastic four and i forget there were some others that went some other place now they're kind of starting to bring them back together uh marvel's starting to acquire them or they've made a deal with sony that's how they got spider-man in uh the avengers uh movie they made a deal with uh with sony um so that that's kind of gotten fractured a little bit uh so they're marvel but they're well spider-man has been brought into the marvel universe uh now like the fantastic four uh was was spider-man dc previously no, no no it was all marvel but like I say, they were trying before that the movies came out really revitalized uh, Marvel. They kind of sold off the um, spider the rights to Spider Man to Sony, um, and so it is Marvel. But uh, you know, like I say, they're bringing it back in. And again, like the Fantastic Four is part of the Marvel universe too. But they haven't been brought back in, and I don't know if they will or how they'll do it or whatever. Uh, and same way with the X Men. That's Marvel, but again, mm-hmm. that's kind of uh, I really like Wolverine. I liked all of those, I especially the last one that was out. Did you see Logan? No, I haven't. Oh, you will really like it. Well, I it's see it's really, really it's on HBO. Go. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> what I've heard because uh, I, I I listened to uh, the uh, Cord Killers uh, podcast and. Um, I know that Brian Brushwood really liked that Logan movie. He was really, you know, extra, uh, extolling the uh, virtues of that movie, and yeah, about how you know he cried and he thought it was one of the. I think he said it was it one was of the best superhero really movies well made. Movie. I really liked it. I yeah. saw that in the theater. Um, so I haven't watched that one yet. Um, See, I've seen Thor. I've seen most of the Spider Mans. Um, we just watched Black Panther not long ago. I've seen the Iron Mans. Except for maybe the last one. Um, and the Hulks. My husband really likes Hulk. Yeah. And then uh, Wolverine, the, the Fantastic Four. Uh, then there's the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and then Deadpool is... What did we say Deadpool is? Is he Marvel? He's Marvel. Uh, and I've seen the first one, and I'm looking forward to seeing the second one. Yeah, and we were uh, uh, texting amongst ourselves earlier. Yeah. And uh, uh, Lisa didn't like Deadpool too, but uh, and you know I said basically it appeals to the thirteen-year-old in me, so yeah, I liked yes, it because it's <laughs> innuendo. Yeah, it's innuendo. It's kind of there's no actual sex in there, but it's kind of no. But dirty. there's so many like I can't believe he went there. 
Yeah. Well, like when he but got, then again, it's Ryan Reynolds, and he goes everywhere. So well, yeah. I really, I really like Ryan Reynolds. He's fun. Yeah, especially like when he got shot and well, the butthole. Um, <laughs> you know, things like that. And it was to, the know, unicorn that made me die. <laughs> No, I gotta stop and think. Um, I, it's been a while since I watched it. I'd have to go rewatch it. And I think Ry- I have to go watch it again. And Ryan Reynolds also played uh, Green Lantern, uh, which is a DC property, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Uh, he played in that, and that movie kind of tanked because it just didn't. I mean, I've got it. Now, I thought it was an okay movie, but you know, it wasn't the. It wasn't a critical hit. Um, or anything like that. So, um, you know, and I've seen quite a few of these. Here's another one that, um, and I remember reading one or two of uh, these comics, but not a lot. The Shazam movie is coming out April 5th. Is that the one where he's a, uh, a guy that discovers his superpowers? I think well, he saw well, okay, the synopsis, Billy uh, Batson is a streetwise 14-year-old who can magically transform into the adult superhero Shazam simply by yeah. shouting out the uh, out one word. His uh, newfound powers soon get to the test when he squares off against the evil doctor Thaddeus Savina. So Yes, this is the one. We saw the, the trailers for this when we went to go see Aquaman, yep. and it was hilarious. But you know what it reminds me of? Have you Have you seen any of the trailers for it yet? Uh, I think I did uh, early trailers. I, now that it's closer, I should watch a few more. Yeah, you should because it's actually really funny. I'll tell you what it remi- what it reminds me of, and this is one of my favorite movies that I just thought of. It reminds me of Tom Hanks in Big. Okay. So from what? So I, I think it's like a, I think it's called a trope or a um, sure the man a- man child. Yeah, uh, I guess that's what you would say. And it, it's kind of like if you remember, do you remember the movie Big where? Yep. He was like a boy and he turned into a man, but he was still a boy and he had his like little best friend and they did like, you know, kid stuff. And it, it, it's, it, it reminded me a lot of that. So I wonder if it's the same kind of uh, story trope where, you know, something happens, he's cast under some kind of spell or something that he, he becomes this man and then he doesn't know what to do with all those powers. Yeah, I so think that, it's. I'm I, interested from that aspect of, of and watching I, it. I think it is. And I think it, it's one of those movies that appeal to. You know, well, somebody like me who's just, you know, average, nothing special. <laughs> well, you just, well, big kid too, yeah, but you're just this average person, nothing special. But there's times you really wish you could be that superhero that would just come, you know, riding in to save the day or fix things or, you know, whatever. You know, there's there's that little part of me that just kind of wishes I was Superman or Shazam or somebody like that. They could just Coming go out, out there and write the wrong that would have been a really good – I would almost wish that they would release it in June because it would be a really good Father's Day feel-good kind of flick. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just anxious. So we may uh, – uh, well, hopefully by then the freaking weather will have straightened out. Um, so hopefully we can go see some of these movies because, uh, like I say, it does uh, – uh, you know, this is the kind of the movies that I like that I can relate to. And uh, I'm not you know an uh, ultra – nerd when it comes to comic book movies but i like them i know enough about them and um you know to see some of these ones that you grew up with brought to life uh and now that the uh you know special effects are better they draw you in too because i remember some of the early comic book movies which oh god they just made you want to gouge your your (laughs) eyes out because they were that bad but um, um there's even parody movies made of those nowadays uh oh yeah um 
Yeah, and I remember watching one of the early Captain America ones, and it's like, oh God, you know, it was it was uh, painful to watch. But uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, you know, at some point, I, I say I got to make a checklist. I think I've seen most of the Marvel movies, but there's a few oh, I haven't. That's a so for people who have seen Aquaman, uh, Black Manta makes an appearance in that movie, and I won't give away too much of it. But there's okay. definitely. If you go see Aquaman, here is a pro tip. You must stay until past the credits. There was a lot of people that got up and walked out, and they missed something really special. So you yep. got to stay till the very bitter end. And that is hard because that is a bladder challenge movie, I let me know. tell you. <laughs> when, I, when I watched the first Avengers movie, my son and I went uh, over to the town of Bryant, small town, good theater, about 30 miles away. And so uh, – and I made the mistake of getting a pop before the movie. And so by the time, um, you know, and I at this point, we know that, especially for Marvel movies, and I suppose maybe the uh, DC movies too, always wait to the end because they always have some teaser, some, I think they call it the Stinger um, uh, trailer at the end. It comes at the very mm-hmm. end, but, you know, just to um, tease you for the next movie or whatever. And I'm standing there bouncing up and down because you know, I want to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, watch it, and then I have to go and, you know, it's a, like a, you know, one-stall uh, uh, theater. Don't drink anything before Aquaman, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, that was a long one. And not only that, is it long, it's all freaking underwater. <laughs> it's which, all water scenes. <laughs> which doesn't help any. No, it doesn't. Not at all. How long is, uh, we should see what the, because some of these movies, how long is Aquaman? Uh, oh, God. Two hours, like 22 over, minutes. I was going to say, it was over two hours. Yeah, there's some of these that get really long. Um, and I then, did see Wonder Woman. I like that one. I saw that one in the theaters, too. So I guess, I don't know, I guess my family has, like, a tradition that they will go see these. I don't remember seeing, we've seen the Thor movies, but we haven't seen those in the theaters. But right. I do love me some Thor. It's it's yeah. You know, it's interesting, though, is, like, some of them are really cheesy. And some of them are really, like, they're not as cheesy. They're, they're action-packed. I think definitely Thor... And definitely Aquaman fell under some of the cheesy areas. You know, there's some of it was just like, yeah. oh, really? Come on, that's just a little bit too far fetched, or you know, some of the lines are cheesy. And I think it's it's built that way. Well, if they and, do it tongue think, in, they do it tongue yeah. in cheek. It's not too bad, but sometimes they're trying sometimes to be it's serious. Cheeky. Iron Man is cheeky and right. not cheesy. Right. Yeah. But some of the Thor stuff was really just over the top cheesy. <laughs> well, and there's some um, Thor Ragnarok. Um, yeah, that's story movie. Yeah, and you know, uh, I thought it wasn't too bad. They was they were trying to go for a little levity because when, um, um, oh, who uh, when Thor was on the planet and the Hulk comes uh, busting in, he goes, "Hey, I work with that guy." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know, some of that uh, isn't too bad, and and, and like I say, um, you know, as far as the DC movies go, uh, I think I've seen quite a. few few of them because it started out with uh well they rebooted their stuff quite a few times because they've had different batmans um, yes and so some of that does get a little confusing because they've tried to reboot it and i think maybe now they're finally getting their formula kind of figured out um whereas marvel tends to take things a little seriously um the dc stuff has tried to be a little bit uh not lighter a little more humor injected mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. it uh, but yeah, so I, you know, it started out with uh, was it 
uh, Man of Steel, I guess, and they went to Batman, Superman. Uh, I forget what how it all goes. But then they had the Justice League movie, which I didn't think was too bad, but it introduced Wonder Woman. I thought Wonder Woman was a good movie. Yeah, I uh, loved that. That was great. Yeah, and the thing about the Wonder Woman movie, and I'm afraid they may do the same thing with the Captain Marvel movie. I like it because it's a good movie, but please don't play up this it's a feminist movie. How about we just go with it's a good movie with a woman in the lead that's enjoyable because when you start, And it was. I really yes, was. I think yeah. so. And I, it just kind of bugs me, though, because then it kind of turns people off just a little bit that, oh, you know, then it changes their expectation. I just kind of wish they would put that stuff aside and let's just have a good, entertaining movie. And if the lead character or characters happens to be something other than what I am as far as gender, race, you know, whatever, I don't care. I mean, I just want to watch it, but it's just something a little off-putting about, well, it's this kind of you know, it fills in check boxes, and that kind of drives me a little crazy. Well, does this, this, and this, so you must like this character. No, I just want to watch, like it, because it's a good character. Um, that's my little mini rant for anybody who's been missing uh, Green Tree's rants uh, from uh, previous <laughs> shows. So I, I'll throw in a mini rant for anybody there that, uh, uh, you know, is missing that. But like I say, I just, you know, sometimes the marketing for this stuff just drives me a little bit uh a little bit crazy or sometimes they kind of misrepresent the the movie in the trailers then when you watch it it may be a different movie for better or worse but um i just wish they wouldn't get too um too creative with the trailers don't give away too much but also don't misrepresent the movie either mm -hmm. so yeah, that's well, my. They have a, a little bit of a responsibility to at least uh, bring about some of the awareness. I mean, I I can see your point. I right. see how that can get annoying. But yeah. as a girl watching a movie, I mean, I really dug oh, Wonder yeah. Woman for, oh, yeah. for some of that. What I really appreciated about it, and it wasn't like a feminist kind of thing. It was just like I love the fact that they showcased because every time I watch female superheroes, I always think, oh, well, they're all like sexy and they have like the really long hair and they have these impossible costumes that they're wearing. Whereas a woman or woman, she was like, how is a girl supposed to fight in this? <laughs> you know, and I love that. I was like, yeah, you know, really, you know, bring into the, to the, the fashion to the forefront here. That's very impractical. Right. I, I appreciated that. Just you know, things that, that you don't necessarily think of if you're just a dude or a dude bro watching it. Right. You don't think about those kinds of things where I thought that it was refreshing to see that highlighted. Yeah, and you know, like I say, in the movie, you know, they really didn't make the fact, uh, you know, make anything of the fact that she was, you know, a woman or anything like that. She was just badass, and so you know, you know, bring me more badasses. That's what I want. Um, <laughs> but uh, badasses of all kinds. Yes. Um, so you but, think uh, uh, Captain Marvel's going to be badass? Hopefully so. I mean, I've seen the trailers. It looks intriguing. Um, and it's set before, you know, and this is the other thing. I guess I like universes like this. Um, anything where there's, uh, where there's the story is interconnected. Um, because this is set before the, uh, these last, uh, the last and the upcoming Avenger movies in the timeline and everything. So I don't know if it's going to tease at the end of Infinity Wars, uh, just before, um, oh, um, Oh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Nick Fury, before the Nick Fury character turns into dust, he presses this uh, 80s looking um, pager 
uh, to call with the symbol on there that if mm. you knew what you were doing, and I you know said it in the movie theater, and I don't know if people thought I was an idiot or if they kind of went, oh okay, uh, but basically I said, oh Captain Marvel because they had the little Captain Marvel symbol on there. I knew nothing uh, about that, uh-huh. so they so teased the teaser, that. yes, uh-huh. and so now we uh, have to wait and see, you know how the uh, Captain Marvel ties into what's uh, coming up in the timeline of the. Uh, you know, the Avengers movies there. And there's some people talking about, you know, because some of these, uh, the the current Avengers are getting a little, they probably want to move on to other things. They may be getting a little old for, you know, some of these, you know, characters. They, you know, may want to move on to other projects. Like, you know, I don't know if Tony or, um, um, what's his name who plays Tony Stark? Um, I'm blanking on his name. I know. I always yeah. blank on that too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I always just think Tony Stark. Yeah, basically, you know, I, he may stick around, but like, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Hemsworth that plays Thor. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, uh, he's probably wanting to move on to other things or maybe some other people that don't want to necessarily be tied to that character. So I think they're going to try and usher in some more, you know, bring in newer or other. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. There we go. Uh, other characters from the Marvel universe to try and you know replace them, rotate some out, rotate some in. Because uh, the characters themselves don't age because they're superheroes, but the yes. actors who play them do. Yes, so. and that's you know that's part of the problem. So it may be. For, I think from what I've heard is that maybe Captain Marvel will be leading the next phase of the Marvel universe and kind of phasing out you know Captain America. There's you know I've even heard some speculation that maybe Captain America actually dies in this upcoming mm-hmm. well he did technically die because like i say half the universe uh half the people on earth just went poof when uh thanos snapped his fingers um but you know he may come back he may not come back uh you know so there's all this kind of speculation like i say this i think we're at a turning point for these uh um, for the Marvel movies here, where they may be moving away from the uh, older, well-known uh, ones, maybe introducing some that are you know lesser known. Um, maybe they'll try to bring in Deadpool, which might be a little difficult because Deadpool, um, you know, is kind of an R-rated character, where the rest of these are kind of PG thirteen. Well, there's already two major Deadpool films out, right? But like I say, to try and bring his character in and not dilute it oh, without oh. him being, you know, doing all uh-huh. the, the gross, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know the, yeah. the adults. So that could be a little interesting because you like, don't. Okay, okay, Deadpool, we're going to give you a cameo here, but you've got to behave. And he'd be like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's the thing. You, you know, you, they could bring him in, but are you going to neuter the character in the process yeah. and kind of kill what makes him Deadpool? But, you know, we'll see what. You have to find some creatively kinky way to do it. I don't go too hard and kinky. You might take you up on it, but uh, <laughs> but okay. So that's oh. now uh, now. Was there? I've been babbling on. Was there? Mo- what were your movies? What was it that you you know you like? You know, excited about? Well, whatever. you got me all excited about these, so I started looking at all these in the upcoming movies, and now I'm excited about Shazam. Okay, yeah, I, I do want to go see that. And you did have a few on your list here. You know, some of the. Uh, you know, movies that, you know, from the, the past that you like, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, we were going to start, you know, I was starting to try to go through my list and trying to think, you know, jog my memory. So I started down the list of the top 100 from IMDb. And the first ones that came out were, for me, well, with Elisa's help, too, was uh, Dirty Dancing, because I guess I, that might be one of the movies that she likes. So she sent us a gift. I'm like, yep, that's definitely on my list. 
Um, and then the other, I just picked three just to keep it simple. Sure. And the other ones that, that jumped out at me on the list, I would say, are uh, Forrest Gump and Titanic. Okay. I just, I, I really love Titanic lore. Do you like looking at Titanic stuff? Yeah, I mean, okay. Fascinating, I think. Spoiler, the ship sinks, but... Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's something about that that you know there's the the tragic part of it that you know kind of and you know in that in the, in the movie Titanic cuz there's been various incarnations of the movie but you know in the the one that everyone's familiar with you know there's the love story the tragic ending uh or the you know the tragedy and the you know reuniting you know at the very end you know whatever. Uh however you want to put that. So uh yeah, you know that's just a good you know love story. Um, but yeah, I, I watched that movie. I actually did kind of cry at a time at, uh, at a certain. It's not point. in the theaters for my birthday when it came out, and I just remember the sounds of the metal creaking in that big theater. It was just oh, it was bone chilling. Yes, yeah, I just watched how realistic on, it seemed. I watched it on TV, but even then, it seemed you know, or no, I watched it on videotape. I think whatever. Just uh, knowing that people went through that for real. Yeah, that was, you know, based on a real story. It wasn't like it was just some kind of science fiction thing. Like right. it really, really happened, and they had to try to put that fear in you. And seeing it in a theater is is definitely an experience. I mean, it's one thing if you're going to watch it at home, but you really should have like a, a home theater system hooked up because I've said this before when we talked about our TV shows. You know, one of the things that I really love about Game of Thrones is the sound is is just the, the the sound effects that they use are so so amazing and I guess I'm just an audio person I mean there's certain things I can't hear but there's certain things that I can hear and when I really can hear them they really have a lot of uh, a really powerful effect on how they make you feel they make the the hair on the back of your neck stand up and, well, and just knowing that sound the sound of all that metal creaking was just amazing to me yeah. I think one of the things that that makes a movie memorable to me is it's lasting staying power that it has in conversations and how it becomes a, a pop culture reference. Like Titanic was, was one of the ones that jumped out on me for specific reasons. And one of those reasons was that um, just recently, and this happens all the time, recently we're having a conversation and it, and it was something to do with somebody missing someone or or not wanting to leave or something like that. And so he'd say, I'll never let you go, Jack, glug, glug, glug. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, you say, life is like a box of chocolates. And, you know, you give this uh, Forrest Gump uh, quote or in Dirty Dancing, but just, a, just at breakfast this morning, the, the quote was used, nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you have these these movies that are kind of like uh, these timestamps on your life and, and you've, you've watched them since you were growing up and you think about memories associated with them. But you also think about the quote and the, the famous sayings that come out of them and, and how they're applicable. And then the funny thing is that over time, it's interesting, you know, when you say these things around little kids or, you know, maybe teenagers, they look at you and go, huh? Like they don't get it. Yeah. So then you have to give them an education and then you watch it all over again. And it's just it's got that nice lasting power. And uh, there's a few like that for me, but I think we uh, we really should have a regular, like we did for the TV shows. Yeah, yeah, Our, I think we should expand upon it. Yeah, and once you know uh, uh, Lisa's done hacking up her lungs, uh, we'll try and schedule one. We'll uh, space it out here a little bit so we don't have them all like back to back or anything. But yeah, uh, and it'll give us a little time to figure it out because yeah, there's some shows that have had uh, some movies that have had you know an influence on me, and I will quote them. Um, that's and, gonna be like one of my criteria anyway. Like what is something that I think about all the time that had an impact on my life somehow or yeah. it's something that I can that I constantly call reference to. 
Yeah, so I think you know we're going to have one of those at some point, and you know it'll either be our five or ten. We'll see, you know, how long you know we go, mm-hmm. uh, but. <laughs> We'll have our, you know, uh, pick our favorite uh, movies and why we like them. So um, I think now we're going to move on to our our picks. And, uh, uh, you know, there's just the two of us. So, uh, and I... uh, Let's see what what? you picked. Okay. Oh, that looks like fun. And I got to see what you picked because I was, uh, (laughs) you know, Mr. Plan ahead here. I waited to the last minute (laughs) to pick it. Okay. Okay, um, so why don't you go ahead and explain to me the virtues of what I'm looking at here? <laughs> right. This also has to do with it's it's Elisa's fault. <laughs> okay. So our our play money limit for this episode was five to twenty five dollars, and so what I picked for my pick, let me get it open here so I can talk about speak about it intelligently. Um, I actually did purchase this one. This wasn't necessarily a play money. It was play money in that. It was around the holidays, and it was a gift that I decided to get for myself, and then I liked it so much that I ended up getting another one for my husband. Um, Elisa said that there was a sale on these things a while ago, and it just made me think about it. It's a salt lamp is what it is. (laughs) So the description here, this is a Lavoit. That's the company that makes it a Lavoit salt lamp. It's a Himalayan sea salt lamp. It's a pink crystal I'm not even going to read the the headline because it's just a bunch of just SEO terms. You can just look up Lavoit salt lamp and you'll find it. <laughs> so these are pink Himalayan salt lamps. And and I'm just going to say at the forefront here that I did not get this because I'm a crystal grip and hippie. I mean, I, I'm a hippie, but I don't grip my crystals very tightly. I just, no, I, I don't okay. really believe in this bullshit. I, I think it's... I think they look cool. I think they just, I like the ambience. I like the way that they look. I really like organic looking things. I, if I, if I could have a house and I could design it the way that I wanted it, it would look like the Hobbit house. I would just like have things, you know, growing and made out of wood and everything would be organic looking. So that's just the kind of style that I like. So when she showed me uh, the link to these and I, I looked at it and I thought, oh, that's a bunch of hippy dippy woo woo crap kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I, I want to get that into that. But the more I looked at it and the more I thought about it, I thought I just I really like the idea of what it looks like and how it would look in our in our bedroom, you know, with our decor and stuff. And so that's what attracted me to it. And so I noticed that my mother-in-law had one on a table somewhere and it wasn't plugged in and it just was always sitting there. So finally I asked her about it. I said, I said, is this something that you use? You know, why don't you have this plugged in? And she said, you're welcome to it. I was like, okay. And I said, thanks. And she said, I, I don't like to use it because... So I will say that it depends on where you live when you get these things. Uh, they can be known to what they call sweat. So I guess because of the salt in it, uh, I guess it absorbs moisture in the air. And so it causes it to sweat or it causes it to become like the moisture in the salt types tends to melt a little bit, I guess. And so a lot of people complain about them and they don't like them because you have to kind of maintain them. They're not just like a lamp you can plug in and you know, set it and forget about about it. It's something that you have have to kind of care for. And so you have to be careful where you put it. And so she said it was sweating all over this table that she had it on. So she stopped plugging it in. And I thought, eh, you know, I'll give it a try. You know, maybe I'll have the same problem and I won't want one. And I did. So for a couple of months, I actually had this plugged in in our bathroom. And I really just loved the light that it gave off because, you know, so the backstory here is like I, I suffer with insomnia. So I'm always trying to find ways to hack this illness that I have. And so I've been looking a lot about, you know, our light and how bright it is and, 
you know, I thought, well, maybe if I had something of a softer glow, it wouldn't wake me up so much. And so I had this thing plugged in our bathroom for the longest time. And I thought, well, that's where it's going to have the most moisture, like when we take showers and stuff like that. Because everybody knows I live in the damn desert and it's there's no moisture here. It's very, very arid unless it rains. And so I tested it out in the bathroom and it never sweat. It never put like a ring on the countertop or anything like that. So I thought, okay, I'll give this a go. So when I saw these on sale on Amazon, these Lavoite, I grabbed one <clears throat> thinking, oh, you know, this will be great. And it, it is a bit like playing the lottery. You never know what size you're going to get. And so I ordered one. It came and I was just so impressed with the packaging that this thing came in it came in this beautiful box with this ribbon handle and it was packaged really wonderfully and you know it's a heavy thing i mean it weighs like several pounds it's like almost 10 pounds or something so it's nice that they gave you like a handle to pick it up and then it came with spare bulbs and it was all packaged really nicely and it had you know instructions and there's even kind of like a social thing that you can get involved in if you want to and i was just so impressed with this that i ended up wanting another one for my husband's nightstand, because I put this on my nightstand thinking instead of having a lamp, like a regular lamp, because I had had a touch lamp and I wanted something. I liked the idea that it had a touch button on it. So if you look at the picture there, you'll see that there's like a, a round circle. So it has a, a cord that comes out. But instead of it being a switch, it's actually like a touch, almost like a home button, if you will. And you just tap it to turn it on. But then if you tap it and you hold it, it will dim. And if you tap it and you hold it again, it will brighten. So that's, you know, the geeky thing. That's the the geek part of this, this type of gift is that it's got like a touch display on it. It's got a touch cord on it. And I really like being able to dim and brighten it and just be able to tap it. Just kind of reach over. I don't want to have to fumble for a light switch. I just want to reach over and just touch the thing and, and it'll turn on. So I really like that. So I ended up getting another one for my husband. And I will say the only regret that I have is I wished I would have ordered them at the same time. Because when I got the first one, it was about, it was just a little bit bigger than the one that my mother-in-law had given me. And I liked the size and it was, it was very, very bright. So these are, they're, they're a big pink, they're a hunk of big pink Himalayan salt is what they are. And so when you turn the light on, it has this kind of a pink glow, but be, it's, it looks like quartz in some areas, depending on how it's been cut. And these are mine, so you know you're never. It's like playing the lottery; you're never going to get the same size or the same shape or anything like that. And I knew that going into it, but the first one that I had gotten was very, very bright in one area, and so I could turn it so that it wasn't so bright. But I really liked that because it really illuminated the space. And when I ordered the second one, the second one came, and it was almost twice the size as the first one. It was a lot larger, but it didn't have near the amount of brightness because it was a much darker pink rock. So I will say that, that if you are going to get something like this and you're doing like what I wanted to do, where you want a set of them because you want them for end tables or something, I don't know if this will get, it won't guarantee you get the same thing, but I just wondered if maybe I had ordered them at the same time, maybe they would have been a little bit closer in size, you know? So that was, that's one thing that I would suggest is if you're going to get more than one, order them at the same time. Uh, this Lavoid company comes very, I mean, it has 1,521 customer reviews and it's got one, two, three, four and a half stars. And a lot of people are really ha happy with these things. Like I said, depending on where you live, you may not be happy with it if it's the type of area where it will sweat because it's very moist. So you, that's something you have to take into consideration. Um, like I said, it's very arid here, so I wasn't too worried about it. And I had already tested it out with a different lamp. And so I ended up really liking this. 
So I definitely recommend it if you're looking for a salt lamp, if you're um, even if you are a crystal grip and hippie, go for it. You know, there's, it's not going to hurt you any. I mean, I don't think it's solved any of my health problems or made me breathe air better or anything like that. I just really enjoy the way that it looks. Okay, now I'm just trying to get the image of a hippy-dippy crystal gripping hippie out of my <laughs> head. Uh, I'm going to have to work on that one. Uh, Should have brought my bells or something. <laughs> oh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I like one of the graphics here they have on here. It says, show her she's worth your salt. Um, oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, God. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of a groaner. Uh, but uh, for my pick, and I don't know that I would necessarily pick this one. It's the one that fell within our budget. The one I would, and I didn't want to be that guy that raised uh, the, the budget up to get what I wanted. But I have been thinking about getting a game controller for my phone, one that you can uh, put it in and use it to, uh, for me, uh, the, the ones, these here, they're talking about uh, uh, Pug, or, or however it's pronounced, P-U-B-G, which is Player Unknown Battleground. Uh, <laughs> okay, or, that's a new one. Uh, or Fortnite. These are the two kind of battle games. Uh, you can put your phone in there, download the app for that, and play that. I'm not really into that. I was wanted to get one more for playing, like, Minecraft, um, mm-hmm. so that, because uh, Again, you know, I'm in the Minecraft, and you can uh, connect to the uh, the online realm that my kids and I share. So I could, uh, you know, use that um, and not because you have to have a network connection. Well, I don't want to turn my phone into a hotspot to use one of my other portable devices to connect to it or whatever. I just thought it'd be easier to play on my phone. Um, But this one here, um, you put your phone into it, and it's got a uh, well, it's the uh, Game uh, Corfara, I guess is the name of it. Mobile game controller for plug uh, for Pug or whatever. Um, it's got PUBG. A, I think they say now. I have rem- I do remember PUBG. hearing that PUBG. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. There we go. That's how. That's how the, all them our kids pronounce it now. Yeah, that's how the uh, new kids talk. <laughs> but so this is the. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's the shoot and aim trigger joystick, physical button, phone cooling pad, power bank. Uh, so that's a mouthful. But basically, you slide your phone in. It's got these different buttons that come down on the screen. So, Because uh, what I want is one that connects by Bluetooth, uh, like a real you know joystick, um, so I can control it this way. But this one basically uh, has these devices that come down on the screen so you can control it. Um, this one I don't think has a joystick, but it's got a couple buttons. Apparently, I think you tap for your aiming and your your shooting part. Um, but um, you you can slide it in there. These buttons will uh, come down, so you can you know do certain things with it. I think you can map your buttons. So I don't know. Maybe you could map it so it would work with Minecraft. I'm not sure because I have played Minecraft with you know using the touchscreen controls and yeah I wasn't crazy about that's so why i'd rather have hmm. you know a device like this but uh it looks like it uh see is this the one i looked at so many no this is a different one uh, there was one that folds up that uh, you could actually put it in your pocket but this one has a yeah. fan built into it to help keep your, well, your phone cool and it's because also, those games are really intensive i don't know I, yeah. i've seen my kid play Fortnite on his phone but he has an se and it's really tiny but he still enjoys it he really okay he, he loves playing it 
Um, I don't know. Have you tried Minecraft on your phone on your eight plus? What's what's that like? Um, I brought it up just to try it and make sure I could connect to the realm. Uh, I haven't tried it yet. Uh, like I say, I w- I'm more used to because all the other places I play Minecraft, I play it with a you know a joystick like device, and I just and I've tried it in a while ago and maybe they've made it better but i've tried it with the on-screen controls on one of my tablets and i found it annoying because i'm one of those guys i've got to see the whole screen and part of the control you know is on part of the screen that you're using mm-hmm. and it just kind of drives me nuts i want to be able to see the full screen so i can see what i'm i'm doing but uh and this, yeah, and this lo- looks like it it positions your hands so that your thumbs are resting because i can imagine right. It's just hard to hold the phone in a rectangular – it's like a rectangular slab of glass. Right. And I think that I, from looking at these pictures, it looks like it cradles the phone in such a way that it's got the two – I don't know what you would call them. The two – the part – the grips that right. you wrap your hands around so that your thumbs are pointing up so that your hands are in a more natural gaming position because it mimics the uh, – what do you call it, The Bluetooth controller because right. my kids have that. Um yeah. And you see, I got. And they use that to play Minecraft, and they prefer that. And I got a a grip for my Nintendo Switch when I'm using it in handheld because you can grip it, but it's kind of, to me, it's kind of awkward. So basically, it's just this uh, plastic. thing that you slide it down in there and then a couple of clips go over to hold it in place and it just gives you a grip to hang on to it whereas you're kind mm-hmm. of grabbing the little uh, joy cons there on either side of it it's kind of hard this way you can get a grip and you can uh it's just a little bit easier to use and so yeah just something like that because it keeps your thumbs where they need to be so that basically you get controls better right yeah and i think because trying to do this on a phone i think would just drive me yeah. up a wall so and it also has a four thousand power uh a four thousand milliamp power bank, which I assume runs the fan for cooling, but you can also plug your phone in, and yeah. it's not going to charge it up, but it'll give it a little bit to keep it from from dying. But uh, and from overheating because these yeah. things are pretty processor intensive. Yeah, so I, I saw this, and like I say, for our price range, this is the one that come closest. There's others out there that are like you know closer to. Fifty or sixty dollars. Now, or so. Here's one for thirty-six. It looks interesting. But uh, yeah, I just want something with you know that looks. There's some of these that look like a joystick with a little uh, uh, or a game controller with a thing that pops out the top that you slide your phone into um, to hold it there. So um, I'm looking at something more like that. But for like I say, the money that we had this, and if you know you play these games uh, and you just need a little better way to grip your phone and you know keep it cool, this looked like this wasn't. Excuse me. Too bad a way to do it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> interesting. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I think you know we've gone on you know long enough uh, for you know just <laughs> the two of us. Uh, so I you know I think we'll draw this little uh, menagerie to an end here because we've gone from Pokemon to movies to game controllers to salt lamps. So we've kind of covered the the gamut. <laughs> covered here. it all. Yeah. So. Well, we are the geekiest show ever. Yes, we are. Or the weirdest, but geekiest sounds better. Um, but I think with that, uh, why don't you tell people where you can be found, Miss Melissa? I can be found online all over at the Mac Mommy. Um, and I can be found on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. And if you want to find out more about the show, uh, go over to com and check us out there. 
and remember to go to iTunes uh, because uh, comments uh, there are always welcome. Reviews and comments are always welcome. And we hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have. And don't forget between now and next week to hug a geek. I don't know who you are, but I will find you. And when I do, you had better be listening to the Tech Fan Podcast. Because if you're not, well, you may not live long enough to regret it. Remember, it's called the Tech Fan Podcast. Listen, and you won't regret it. Thank you.